0: It's no secret that today's smartphones, social media, order-it-today-and-have-it-yesterday age has vastly changed the way parents raise their kids, especially compared to a generation ago. And while many of today's tech innovations have made parenting and life in general much easier, well, in many other ways digital technology and information access have actually complicated our approach to raising kids and to life in general. In fact, there's a valid argument that it's now hindering a parent's ability to impart, maintain, and preserve moral standards, wisdom, and spiritual maturity. And there's no denying its role in influencing young people to leave the church in droves these last few years. So what can we do to better establish a biblical worldview in our kids? To remain relevant in a society that marginalizes people of faith? And since it's all around us, can digital technology actually be part of the solution and not just part of the problem? How to raise godly children in today's digital age. That's today on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping troubled teens and, by extension, their families. I'm Rich and Joining me as always on the broadcast is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And Trace, boy, you've studied this issue front to back. I know you've spoken in different venues across the country about raising healthy kids in a digital age. You've uh, even contributed to Dr. Archibald Hart's book, The Digital Invasion. But as we've said many times before, you've also got a proving ground here at Shepherds Hill that affirms everything you know. So by graduation, the kids at Shepherds Hill themselves will affirm what we're talking about. I guess my question is, why is it so many parents are still not catching on to the idea that that 800-pound digital gorilla in the room really
1: is a problem that has to be addressed? Yeah, well, that's the $6 million question, and there's you know, probably six million answers. But let me ask you, does a fish know he's wet? I mean, people just don't know what they don't know. And right, right now, very few people, very few parents... Very few clergy and even mental health professionals have taken the time to really fully uh, research and and wrap their minds around exactly how and to what degree digital abuse is affecting our entire population, but particularly our kids. But you you mentioned smartphones. Let me just touch on that for a second. The the fact is, like a lot of addictive things, these devices have now become systemic to our culture. And, And when something is systemic to a culture, it's very hard for the citizenry of that culture to see and or accept the inherent liabilities in it, especially when it's addictive. You know, cigarettes is a, is a classic example. How long did it take the culture to change its attitude uh, on that? And we still haven't, you know, totally changed. But it's, it's even harder yet when it's an addictive novelty. Uh, it's a dopamine rush that nobody wants to lo- uh, turn loose of. Uh, that is until the fallout becomes, you know, just too overwhelming. Uh, the problem is that with tech abuse, even more than with tech addiction, there's a trickle-down effect that manifests in different ways that, that uh, uh, too often gets overlooked as having any actual root in tech. For example, mental illness and teen suicide are at an all-time high. Yeah. But how many parents, how many clergy, or even doctors are connecting the dots back to junior's tech habits right now? Not very many. In fact, too many doctors often exacerbate the problem by trying to fix everything with medications that aren't addressing the true root of the problems. So, so for most parents, their limited knowledge about the roots and the risks involved in Junior's current digital protocol is worth the perceived reward in their eyes, uh, just the way Silicon Valley likes it, okay? For executives in Silicon Valley, it's all about power and economics. Yet, unlike the mere domestic economics that were involved in the human slavery of you know, America's past, today's eye slavery is fueled by global Economics, In order to satisfy the global monopolies in Silicon Valley, that handful of elite entities that have, you know, also taken on the role of moral arbiters. Uh, so more and more Google and not God is too often the go to source for virtually everything today, especially in the eyes of our kids. And why? Because these addictive adult toys have become the vehicles that get him to other addictive and idolatrous pursuits. Social media, gaming, memes, porn. I mean, the list goes on. You know, recently, two young, uh, young girls, 15 and 13, stole a guy's car, which ended up in a wreck and the death of the guy. And on video, one of the girls is seen walking right past the guy she just killed in deep distress, but not with a man, but in a frantic effort to find her missing smartphone. Totally oblivious of the guy, just about. Now, that story is enough to make us all
0: just, you know, drop everything we're doing and go, oh, my word, what has happened to this culture? But the thing is, is it has happened. It's been happening. It's been sneaking up for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, In addition to the risk involved in bringing that very same spirit and mindset into our own homes, though, our kids, unfortunately— can also bring the seediest side of town, the seediest people on earth, right Mm -hmm. into the privacy of our homes and even their own bedrooms 24-7, 365. So so the problem goes
1: even deeper still. And they do. And, and just to be clear, we, we're not Luddites here. All right? I've said it a million times in this broadcast. I want my kids to enjoy digital access. I want them to be able to navigate the internet safely. I want them to have a phone for, for communication. But first and foremost, I want to exercise a wise and godly protocol in the process. And I see nothing wise or godly about giving dependent minors unencumbered access to their own addictive adult right. toys. Uh, you know maybe today 's guest will have another take on it he 's certainly been one of the most preeminent voices and advocates for the Christian family for decades now, so i 'm sure he'll bring some great insights to the table about this subject, maybe even challenge some a few things.
0: Well, I certainly hope he will and it 's no doubt that uh, that he will add greatly to our conversation. John fuller's name is certainly no stranger to most Christian families, nor is the ministry that he's been working with for about three decades now focus on the family. Since 2001, John has been in the co host seat for the popular daily broadcast with Focus president Jim Daly. And that uh, program reaches over 6 million listeners each week. He also hosts Focus on the Family Minute and the podcast's Focus on Marriage and Focus on Parenting. Uh, He's written dozens of magazine articles and uh, has also written a book called First Time Dad. The stuff you really need to know, which five kids ago I could have used. Uh, John, John and his wife have six children of their own, all of whom I believe are still in the Colorado Springs area. So, John, we're delighted to have you with us. Sorry for our long intro, but thanks for being a part of Licensed to Parent today.
2: I appreciate the invitation, and I, uh, I do concur with where you guys are at in terms of uh, the challenges that technology brings not just our kids, but even just like me, um, because I think fundamentally, as we talk about parenting and navigating technology, we have to think through what does it mean for me as a parent to navigate technology and right. to do that, you know, with moderation, uh, to model well the use of tech and to mitigate the, the potential dangers for our kids. Right. Um, so right. I I don't disagree with what you were saying, Trace, about we want our kids to have tech. Even if you don't, good luck keeping them away from it. Right. Mean, they're yeah. going to find it. I, right. My youngest kid wanted a phone, and I said, you're, you're 10, I don't do phones at 10. You know what? <laughs> Over the course of the next several years, he must have had a dozen phones. He'd, he'd find <laughs> phones. his His older siblings would leave phones around. He had access to technology. And unfortunately, in fourth grade, he had access to kids with phones and porn at the school. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we cannot think we can protect our kids. It's a matter of equipping them to think biblically and to use it moderately and to, to let technology, which is not evil, be right. a help, not a hindrance to their lives. Yeah. Right. But actually, that is protecting our kids,
1: though, because we're giving them the tools to protect themselves. I think we conflate the difference between protect. And shelter. It's one thing to to know that your kid's probably going to get exposed to something somewhere along the line because of school or, you know, friends, whatever. It's just everywhere, like you say. Um, It's another thing to sanction it. It's another thing to say, okay, uh, I'm just going to throw in the towel, and you know, you're going to get as a as a little kid, we're going to go ahead and give you uh, access to more information than President Reagan had. Uh, <laughs> good, good, and bad information, yeah. 7, 365 in the privacy of your own room. That's insane. The key word with my position on this is unencumbered, unfettered access. I, if my kid wants to uh, pursue something on a smartphone with me or a laptop or a desktop, you know, let's let's go let, all day long, or even on your own in the room in an open place. I, I think we this this thing just caught on too quick. Uh, it came on too fast, too hard, and we didn't realize the the, the, the fallout in it. And now we're kind of, a lot of people feel stuck. But, um, you know, people, like Rich said, are leaving the church in droves right now. And and John, I wanted to ask you, do you see tech playing a role in this? And if so, how? Well, who can compete with
2: the world of highly produced, world-class entertainment on my phone? I mean, right. uh, I can go sit and listen to a sermon. Is that, is that going to work? I'm not saying that it's wrong to preach the scripture. I go to a church, I would not go to a church that doesn't preach the scripture right. boldly. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it, part of it's an attention matter. Part of it's a, well, if your kid's only getting scripture instruction at church, then we have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's it's in some senses dumbing down things. Guys, this mm-hmm. just happened. Uh, my youngest the other day said, Dad, I uh, Googled your net worth and it's, a, it's $1.4 million. And I said, <laughs> Don't think so," he said. "No, here (laughs) it is. I'll show you." And and sure enough, John Fuller makes four hundred thirty-six thousand dollars a year and has a net worth of one point four million dollars. But that's John Fuller, a poet, author. That's not John (laughs) Fuller, a focus on the family.
1: I was going to say, "Alone."
2: It was an opportunity for me to say, "Dude, everything is at your fingertips, but don't believe it just because you saw it." In fact, ask questions. This goes back to what Focus has talked about for. Uh, the better part of at least 30 years, learn to discern. Let's right. dig into the, what is available? Let's think through what should you be, you know, processing? How should you be thinking biblically about what you see? And and let's be real about, you know, again, what we as the adults are doing. I mm-hmm. mean, if do you, do you have a no tech at the table rule? And do you break it all the time? I mean... Yeah. Uh, that's something to look at. Do you, do you tell your kids, put the, put the electronics in the kitchen at nine o'clock, but then you stay up till 11 surfing. I mean, right. we have to be consistent here, mom and dad.
1: That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, you mentioned attention matters. And, uh, of course, ADD wasn't really an issue when we were kids. I mean, kids probably dealt with it. I'm, I'm as ADD as any kid in our program here. Um, my dad used to call the TV, the idiot box. But Hmm. I think there's a systemic attention problem that has resulted in the need for instant gratification and entitlement. And so these are just a few of the trickle-down effects that uh, giving your kid a a device like this, uh, like a smartphone at a very early age, uh, or, or a TV in their bedroom, anything like that. And Dr. Dobson talked about that years ago. Uh, so there's there 's liabilities that 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 trickle down that i don 't think we 're aware of and of course then doctors uh, 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 treat it with with something that um, maybe is only exacerbating the problem so uh it's it's a tangled thing, and we it's, I think it goes back to balance. But uh, you know, even while kids are leaving the church, you know, many still claim to have an interest in spiritual things. Uh, is there a way, John, that parents can actually use digital technology to help rekindle their kids' faith in Christ and, and His Church? I I think
2: yeah. Uh, you know, focus on the family has a variety of resources uh, to engage kids and and adults. You know, I would highly recommend uh, sitting down. And and this is for, you know, the older kids that are going to get it. But we've mm-hmm. got uh, That the World May Know, and we've got The Truth Project. Those are two excellent videos about thinking biblically. Now, that's, that's play for kids that, that really want to—you um, really you really want them to think about some of the deeper stuff. We, mm-hmm. we certainly have Adventures in Odyssey and other videos that we've created over the years that you can watch with your kids um the the goal is really to invite your child to to watch stuff i mean look, watch the bible project videos with your kids it's mm-hmm. watch stuff that they can access that you can then walk them through and it can right. be a conversation point with your children. I think far too often it's just sort of like after dinner everybody goes off and everybody's on their device. Right. Well let's have a family night where we're looking at the same thing together. Maybe it's a video, uh you know, mm. a recent movie or something. Our pluggedin.com site reviews right. so many videos and TV shows. There's so mm-hmm. much out there. Instead of saying no or I'm too busy, carve out the time to play a video game with your kid or to mm-hmm. watch something with them so you can enter their world and they can right. kind of enter your world and you have some sure. commonalities. That yeah. modeling is so crucial. If, they, oh, if they just see us leaving and isolating, they're going to do the same thing. That's and that's exactly not what right. we want.
0: John, I've yeah. found in, in our family, uh, and four out of five of my kids are out of the house now, but... Um, When we all get back together, we also still go old school and we'll pull out board games and that sort of thing. And I I think what, what you said a moment ago is the key here, and that is we have to invest ourselves, whether it's spending time playing a video game or spending time playing a board game or visiting or watching something together or whatever. We as parents need not, regardless of our kids' age, need not let that digital device be the other parent in the house and just step away. We need to be invested there?
2: Well, sure, Rich. And as as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, we still play games. I mean, we still play Catan and other board games that are shorter and less involved. My kids, um, I think, uh, you can talk to them later, of course, but I think (laughs) they learned that family time together around a board game or at the table can be fun in a way that just looking at your screen isn't and you know we're wired for relationships so That's let's exactly right. let's be with each other let's enjoy this time it doesn't mean like all the time we're doing this and there's no time for any technology i mean i think the stats are something like uh the average preteen spends something like 6 hours a day on devices or TVs and, Eight and, and a half they, is what I've heard. Okay, I've I've seen as much as nine for or, or more, nine or ten yeah. for the yeah. average teenager. When you so, factor I mean, in
1: multitasking, it goes up.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and there's a hey, you've seen this perhaps, Rich. Like my my adult girls will get together with some friends and watch a movie, and they're all on their phones during the movie. They're, eat, yeah. they're <laughs> eating, watching a movie, and on their phones talking to each other all at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. it's not how I want to watch a movie. I'm I'm super old school. I want a dark room and nothing else right. happening. Exactly. But uh, that multitasking is something that is both a pro and a con, right? I mean, because yeah. I've seen study after study say that when you multitask, you're not actually as efficient in any of the, the matters you're putting into your head. So um, mm-hmm. back to the point, pull some board games out, do a bike ride, do some fun stuff, not to say, you know technology 's bad, but just to say we 're wired by God for a relationship that 's where the fullness of life happens. not looking up stuff like your dad 's net worth
1: <laughs> I can tell you that 's what 's healing the kids at shepherd 's Hills. they you know they are they 're unplugged for a year, so they really don 't have a choice, but they they will all tell you. Uh, would help bring them uh, healing, but you know MIT, you mentioned uh, uh, multitasking. I think they said you're thirty uh, percent they picked their their their, their top people that swore that multitasking they got more done, and they tested them and they were thirty I think it was thirty percent less effective. You also mentioned the truth project, and uh, I really want to endorse that. That is uh, a tremendous tool that we use here at Shepherds Hill with our kids, and they eat it up. I think one of the mistakes that a lot of youth workers make, and pastors, and parents, is they think they have to entertain their kids all the time, but their kids will will really dive into something if it's if there's some real meat to it, and uh, uh, the, the Truth Project has that, and I, I, these kids. They're on the on the end of their seat with stuff like that. And we, we go through uh, these type of things on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I don't want the kids to leave here and become, you know, just more microcosms of the culture. I want them to become change agents to the culture. And the Truth Project is, is one of the tools that we use to help them do that.
0: Let me jump in here real quick because we're talking today with uh, John Fuller, who's co-host of the popular Focus on the Family Daily broadcast with Focus President Jim Daly. As I mentioned earlier, he's also the author of the book, First Time Dad, The Stuff You Really Need to Know. We're talking, though, about how to navigate the digital waters, how to raise healthy children in a digital age. And uh, we need to take a break, but we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Licensed to Parent.
3: Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The 5-year two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall to be completed by the end of the year, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, Building Together, a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash Building Together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash Building Together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Your children are
0: teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicenseToParent.org slash wise phone. Listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year long Christ centered residential program working with troubled teens. And today we are talking about how to deal with teens, deal with raising our kids in the midst of the digital age. Uh, Technology has not always been our friend, but it certainly can be if we use it properly and wisely. And joining us today in the conversation is John Fuller, the co-host of the popular Focus on the Family daily broadcast with Focus President Jim Daly. And uh, John, the work you guys have been doing has been touching on this and all sorts of family issues for years and years. We've really been blessed uh, by your ministry and we're delighted to have you with us today. So thanks uh, for that
1: john prior to the digital age conventional wisdom told us that a, that a person could never get too much knowledge what do you say about that uh if i may respond with
2: a just a short anecdote um my, my this is not a parenting thing but this is this is related so my my uh elderly mother-in-law lives with us now and uh, as she hits kind of the final season of life she's 92 and she can't get around a whole lot. She's a sweetheart. We love her dearly. She loves the Lord. Um, but her, her cognitive skills are diminishing to some degree. And um, she will sometimes after dinner, just grab her iPad and she's on Facebook. My wife isn't on Facebook, but her mother is. <laughs> so she's on Facebook and, and you know, Dina will go in there and say, mom, it's time to put that away. Well, I haven't finished yet. She's looking at Facebook, and she said, "I haven't finished yet, and I can't get her to understand there is no end." No <laughs> it's almost like the old movie yeah. Tron, where you get ingested by the game. Um, <laughs> and so, I, uh, I I bring that up because I think a lot of our kids sort of feel like that. I mean, I yeah. I'm amazed at how fast kids just blitz through things and move on to, uh, to the next right. thing, and uh, you know, feed me, feed me, feed me. But right, but but, but. the the phrase I've used with my son is truth over trivia. In other words, I know you want to listen to sports radio on the drive to school, but let's make sure that we at least spend a few minutes in truth before we go there. Mm. Let's make sure that that we're anchored in God's word, the truth, before Mm -hmm. we start looking at trivia because everybody's on information overload. If I have one more way somebody can reach out and connect with me and they expect me to respond... I'm going to, my head's going to explode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, during the year of COVID, we started to use Microsoft Teams here at the ministry. Now I got to check Teams and I don't. And so I get email reminders saying to check Teams for a note somebody sent me. It's sort of like, that's wrong. I don't want that. Stream (laughs) it down for me. But back Mm -hmm. to truth, I we have a biblically illiterate culture. And unfortunately- a pretty biblically illiterate church. And if we as the people of God are going to see the renewing of our mind, Romans 12, it's got to yeah. begin with the scriptures. We've got to be in the scriptures on a regular basis. I'm not saying there's a 20 minute formula every day and life is better, but anchor yourself in the word, read the Bible mm-hmm. for everything that's in it, get to know right. it and get that passion to your kids they'll be better equipped to navigate all the information out there, all the, quote, knowledge, and they'll be able to smell the hypocrisy when they get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Scripture does talk about not exasperating our kids. Uh, not to provoke them to anger. And, and, and we darn sure don't want to cause them to stumble. Jesus tells us what the consequence for that is, uh, probably not in a literal sense. But, uh, but even if our government recognizes that you can't legally pull the lever on a slot machine until you're 21 years old because of the addictive nature of that device, why are so many of us giving our kids unfettered access to these addictive adult toys called smartphones? And I know we're out of time, but I had to ask you that question uh, before we go.
2: I think my observation would be it's because too many parents are too busy elsewhere. that. uh, I I know you've got a golf game that needs attention. Just put it away for 10 or 15 years until your kids are older. I know you've got all these demands carve out different time. I know there are some parents that are working two or three jobs and they don't have any choices, but um, somehow ask the Lord to where you're weak to help you be strong because you got a shot at parenting. You do it well, and um, your kids are probably going to thrive and have an ongoing relationship with you well beyond uh, that 18th, 19th birthday. But if you don't yeah. show up, you're not protecting them as God calls you to. You're not equipping them as God calls you to. You're not shepherding them as God That's calls right. you to. So yep. don't, don't let today be the day that you say, I'm just too tired, here's the phone, or have at yeah. it. Let today be the day you step up and say, I I care so much. I'm just going to press on. Lord, help me.
1: Yeah. John, thank you so much for being with us.
2: Oh, thank you for your heart. Thanks for what you do at Shepherds Hill Academy. Thanks for the program. I mean, licensed to Parents a great program, and I hope our listeners have benefited from something I said along the way. I hope there was (laughs) some element of truth, not trivia, that they can grab on to.
0: Thank you, John. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent, John Fuller, the co-host of the popular Focus on the Family daily broadcast with Jim Daly. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, he's also the author of the book, First Time Dad, The Stuff You Really Need to Know. And you can find that online and through most major booksellers. That does wrap up today's edition of Licensed to Parent. And uh, before we go, let me remind you that Licensed to Parent and Shepherds Hill Academy are currently in the midst of a capital campaign, and that's as we start our 20th year of ministry in residential care. To celebrate that goal, we're focusing on some efforts to develop a new revised campus here. Now, our 12-month master plan includes adding a new dining hall by the end of 2021, Over the next three years, we'll be adding two new school buildings. And uh, incidentally, our licensed-to-parent studios are currently in the process of attempting to move to one of the new buildings. We are currently in a horse pasture, and while picturesque, that's uh, made some (laughs) challenges as far as getting the necessary infrastructure here to do the broadcasts properly. So again, we're looking to move that. And uh, we have uh, also set up a special licensed to parent donor fund to help raise money for moving the studio into one of these buildings. As I've mentioned in other programs as well, running a residential program is not cheap. And if you come here and we do welcome visits, you'll see that our facilities are adequate, but they're not lavish. And the new ones won't be lavish either, but they will be much needed improvements over what we have at present and we feel that they're necessary in order for us to continue meeting the needs of the teens and the families that we serve. If you'd like to learn more about the work uh, that we do here and to be part of the future of Licensed to Parent and Shepherds Hill Academy, let me ask you to visit us at shepherdshillacademy.org forward slash building together, org slash building together. And you should find links on our website, parent.org, as well. And thank you in advance. That is all our time. My thanks to our guest coordinator, Daniel Fazina, to our technical producer, Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Roswell, inviting you to join us
1: again next time for another chance to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.